Welcome to ABC Behavior Training, where we're disseminating the science of ABA to everyday behavior analysts through resources, education, and supervision. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter at abcbehaviortx.com. All right, so hi everyone. Thank you for joining me on Behavior Crew's first live podcast. So my name is Melissa Dreskus. I'm the founder and CEO of ABC Behavior Training, which is the parent company of the Behavior Crew, where our goal is disseminating the science of ABA to everyday behavior analysts through resources, education, and supervision. So today we're going to talk about non-contingent reinforcement and how to use it effectively in our therapy sessions. I just want to let everyone know that if you're not already a member of the Behavior Crew, go ahead and hop over to abcbehaviortx.com, click on join the crew, and at the very least, join our free membership. So you can get CEUs to for listening to our combined monthly podcast for the topic of that month. Or if you join the pro level membership, you can get access up to four CEUs per month, assessment and supervision resources, a program library, therapy materials, and a ton of more stuff. So let's go ahead and get into our topic for today, non-contingent reinforcement, which we are talking about for our theme of the month with Behavior Crew, which is antecedent interventions. So we're gonna spend the next 10 to 15 minutes talking about what non-contingent reinforcement is and what it's not, how to implement it, and the pros and cons to utilizing non-contingent reinforcement. So it can definitely be effective but it's really important to understand what it is and what it's not and what it's going to do for your clients and also what it's not. The name non-contingent reinforcement is very misleading because it's not non-contingent and it's not reinforcement. So non-contingent comes from it not being contingent on a target problem behavior, which is true. It's not contingent on the behavior of your client, but it is contingent on time because it's a time-based schedule. And while you are providing the client with a preferred stimulus or a competing stimulus, it's still not a schedule of reinforcement. So reinforcement is a consequence intervention where a reinforcer is provided after a behavior that you want to increase. But with non-contingent reinforcement, it's provided as an antecedent. So it's not in relation to any problem behavior. So with that non-contingent reinforcement, with it being an antecedent, it can abate the behavior, but it's not going to increase or decrease the rates of the behavior over time like a reinforcement schedule would. So with that, it's really an all around very incorrect name for a procedure that we use. Um, response independent stimulus delivery or time contingent delivery of a reinforcer are both much more correct terms, but as everyone is already familiar with the term non-contingent reinforcement, I still use that and I'm going to stick with it for this talk, but it's important to understand that it's neither of those things. It's not non-contingent and it's not reinforcement. So as an antecedent intervention, non-contingent reinforcement is going to have 
a momentary effect on behavior. Long-lasting effects are going to come from consequence-based interventions, which is why it's always important to make sure you're including consequence interventions for lasting change. The non-contingent reinforcement is just a small piece of a larger treatment plan that needs to have a variety of strategies in it. I was actually in a situation before where I couldn't use a consequence-based intervention due to the severity of the behavior and the setting that we were working in. It was, um, it was like a daycare or something like that. So I could only use non-contingent reinforcement to control the behavior in the moment. And although I knew that it only has momentary effects, you know, I never actually had a situation where I would only use that antecedent intervention. And when I did, it was absolutely true. Complete momentary effects. It didn't generalize to other settings. It didn't really help the behavior in any way. Just in that moment, we were able to decrease it while that client was in the daycare. So having like been in that situation, absolutely. When you are stuck where you have to only use antecedent interventions, if that ever happens to you, you're not going to see those long lasting effects. And ultimately, we did end up having to move him to a different setting where we could actually utilize consequence based interventions because, I mean, we were we were helping the behavior just in the moment, but it wasn't making any lasting change. So we we ended up making that change to be able to utilize um, something that was going to give long lasting effects. So how do we implement non-contingent reinforcement. I'm going to go over the general procedure first, but it's still important to know the function of the challenging behavior that you're trying to reduce. So we'll also talk about the functional function based procedures. So just because we're using antecedents and it's not something that's consequence based, you still do need to think about what the function of the behavior is and tie those things together. The antecedent, even though it's not a consequence-based intervention, you still need to make sure that you understand the whole aspect of the behavior that you're trying to change. So when you are starting a non-contingent reinforcement schedule, um, there's a few different ways that you can implement and determine what times you're gonna use. So you could start with a continuous schedule, or you could set the time at or slightly below the mean IRT. So that's gonna be the time between problem behaviors or set the time at or below the latency to the first occurrence of the problem behavior. You never ever want to set it above that time, um, whether you're using the IRT or the latency, because that means that the problem behavior likely is already going to have occurred. So it needs to be below that time or at that time so they can get that reinforcement um, before the behavior occurs. Uh, so when you're thinning the schedule, as they have lower rates of problem behavior, you want to thin the delivery systematically and gradually just upon seeing that decrease in problem behavior. You also might want to do a variable time schedule um, and consider withholding the delivery of the problem of the reinforcer or the preferred item if the problem behavior is occurring at that time. So let's say your timer goes off and the client's in a tantrum, you might not want to reinforce them at that time. Now studies show that it's not necessary, um, but it is a good idea because if it keeps happening and keeps happening um, where they're in a tantrum or whatever the behavior is and you're reinforcing, you could inadvertently be reinforcing that problem behavior.
So as I'm explaining this procedure to you, you might be wondering, what is the difference between non-contingent reinforcement and DRO, which is differential reinforcement of other behavior? So in both of those, you are using a time-based schedule. Also in both of those, you are still setting the schedule um, at or slightly below, preferably slightly below, uh, that IRT or latency to problem behavior. But when we're talking about a DRO, uh, that is actually a consequence-based intervention. So differential reinforcement procedures consist of utilizing reinforcement, actual reinforcement, and extinction. So through the combination of those, that's where you use differential reinforcement. So just an example of these two different procedures that we're talking about. With non-contingent reinforcement, let's say that you set your timer at one minute. So, and, and that's just what you've determined. That's below the latency to the problem behavior. So your timer goes off at one minute. And if this is related to like a tangible or something, at that one minute, you stop what you're doing and you give the client whatever that tangible item is that's maintaining the problem behavior. And then you continue on doing that about every minute. Now, when we're talking about non uh, differential reinforcement, um, that is still tied to the problem behavior. Non-contingent, anything could be going on. So when you give that client that toy, when that one minute timer goes off, the only thing that needs to have occurred is the timer going off. They could be having a tantrum, they could be talking, they could be playing, they could be doing work, um, any of that stuff could be going on. Um, so that is that is really the difference. When we're talking about differential reinforcement, you still set that timer, the one minute timer goes off, but the key part here is if the client is not engaging in that problem behavior, then they can get the item or the attention or the escape or whatever it is that you're giving them. If they do engage in the problem behavior, you're not going to give them the item at that time and you're actually going to reset your timer. So with the DRO, the O being the other behavior, that's where sometimes people get confused because both of them are time-based schedules and the DRO kind of does feel like you're doing non-contingent reinforcement because the client needs to be doing anything except for the target problem behavior. Um, so if you're looking at like a DRA uh, or a DRI, there is a specific other behavior that you're looking for that you're reinforcing. With a DRO, there's not a specific behavior. It's really, they can be doing anything except the problem behavior. Um, and with non-contingent reinforcement, they can be doing anything, including the problem behavior. Um, also with non-contingent reinforcement, you are not going to uh, reset the timer if the problem behavior occurs like you would if you're utilizing that differential reinforcement of other behavior. So just keep those things in mind when you're looking at this and trying to determine like, is this differential reinforcement of other behavior or is this non-contingent reinforcement? Again, um, they are different in that that NCR is antecedent and that the differential reinforcement is still a consequence-based intervention. So what should you use as the stimulus when you are 
you know, your timer goes off and then what do you do? So you typically want to tie it to whatever is maintaining that problem behavior. So that could be attention, a tangible item. Um, it could be sensory stimulation. It could be escape. So again, look at that function and whatever is maintaining that problem behavior, that's the thing you're going to want to use as the stimulus whenever that timer goes off. All right, so if you have a client that's engaged in a behavior that's maintained by escape and you want to use non-contingent reinforcement, you're gonna use non-contingent escape or non-contingent negative reinforcement. Uh, so this is where you are going to follow that same procedure for that time-based schedule where you're going to set that interval based on the current problem behavior, thin it over time. Um, and I'm saying when your timer goes off because you want to be timing this. You don't want to, um, you know, guess or estimate what that time is. So when your timer goes off based off of whatever time-based schedule you've set, you're going to provide a break on a time contingent schedule. So it's going to be, okay, you can stop doing what you're doing right now, we're gonna take a break, um, whatever it is that they're doing. And this works because it breaks the contingency between the problem behavior and escape. So when we're talking about this contingency and breaking it, uh, let's say that you have a client that hits their teacher in the classroom, and every time they hit their teacher, they get to leave the classroom because that's you know, that's a normal thing that's going to happen in a classroom when they're not in like ABA therapy. So this client has learned, I hit, I get out of something. I hit, I get out of something. Well, you're going to break this contingency. Yes, of course, you could put this on extinction. The client could hit and then they don't get out of something. And that would be a consequence based intervention to to work on this and break that contingency. But you can also do it with non-contingent escape because yes, maybe they hit and they still get sent out of their classroom because maybe the school's not going to change their policies. Um, but you're also going to teach them that, you know, instead of working on the, the fact that they're hitting, work on the leaving the classroom or getting out of a task. So your timer goes off and they're working quietly and you're going to give them a break. They get out of the task. Maybe they're talking to a friend and you're going to give that option to, okay, you can take a break, we can leave the classroom. Um, whatever it is that they're doing, it's not hitting equals leaving the classroom. Now it is, I'm doing work and I get to leave the classroom. I'm talking to a friend and I get to leave the classroom. I am watching a video and I get to leave the classroom. So instead of just that one thing, hitting equals leaving the classroom, now all of these other things equal leaving the classroom. So if you just kind of visualize it and think of it in that equation, you're breaking that equal sign. So hitting no longer is the only thing that equals leaving the classroom. And that's how using non-contingent reinforcement for escape really breaks that contingency between the problem behavior. And really it's it does that for all of them. When we're talking about attention or we're talking about tangible, it's the same thing. That's how non-contingent reinforcement works because it breaks the contingency. So for attention, um, this is where you're going to use non-contingent attention or non-contingent reinforcement. You can still call it that. You're going to, of course, same follow the same procedure that we've talked about. But with this one, you're going to provide frequent attention on a time contingent schedule. Um, so again, I can think about 
a classroom being a really good place to use this because, you know, maybe the client is acting out because they're not getting as much attention. And when they do act out, of course, teacher comes over, they get a lot of attention. Well, you can have the teacher set that timer. Every time the timer goes off, again, you don't want the client to know the timer's going off, but you know, it's buzzing, whatever. Um, teacher can go over and provide some attention. So providing that frequent attention, that's also gonna break that contingency between the problem behavior and attention. Now a whole bunch of other stuff is going to get them attention, whatever they are really randomly doing at that time. And then for access, um, this is kind of the one that I think we think of most when we're talking about non-contingent reinforcement. And this is where you're gonna deliver a preferred item or access on that time contingent schedule. So your timer goes off and the thing that they're going to get is whatever that preferred item is. They get to stop what they're doing and play with the toy or whatever, whatever item you've identified that needs to be used. Now for automatically reinforced behavior, this is actually a little bit different than the other ones because what you would deliver here um, is sometimes going to be it can it can be like whatever you know sensory stimulation they're getting but if you have a client that's banging their head on the wall obviously you can't deliver that uh, so you'd want to deliver a competing stimuli so this is where you're going to deliver something a time-based delivery of a stimuli that's likely to compete with that problem behavior. So to identify this, you want to do a competing stimulus assessment where you're going to present one potential com competing stimulus at a time. You're gonna compare engagement with that item and the frequency of problem behavior across each item. And then the item with the highest engagement and the lowest problem behavior can function as a competing stimuli. And just because you've done this and it does kind of look like a preference assessment, it's not necessarily going to be the same thing as a reinforcer. It's not necessarily a preferred item. It's just something that when they're engaging with it, it's going to decrease that problem behavior. It could be like a fidget or something like that. Um, so you'd want to do that competing stimulus assessment to identify what you're going to deliver on that time-based schedule to compete with that problem behavior. Non-contingent reinforcement can also be used really well by parents as well. I know the couple of examples that I just did were school related, but you know, we ask parents a lot of times like put this behavior on extinction, um, you know, do these things that are, are hard. Um, and sometimes real life is going on. They are on the phone or they are at the grocery store or, you know, they have siblings that they're dealing with. Non-contingent reinforcement is a great way that you could utilize parents to minimize that problem behavior without reinforcing the problem behavior and give them a time if they really can't put that behavior on extinction in the moment that it could reduce it at that time. So let's say that the client is at the grocery store with their family um, and some other siblings and the client typically engages in problem behavior in the grocery store because they want candy or something like that. You know, ideally, it'd be great if you could go with them, shadow, get that time for the IRT or um, the latency as far as where you're going to start the schedule of non-contingent reinforcement. And let's say it is 30 seconds um, and the thing that they're motivated by is candy. They're throwing a tantrum because they want candy 
in the grocery store. So you can actually work on that, have the behavior not occur by providing non-contingent reinforcement. So that's where every 30 seconds, maybe you give them a small, and I mean small, um, piece of candy. There's many nights that I spent uh, cutting up Skittles into like fourths because a Skittle will stay in a kid's mouth forever. Um, so you do want that small piece, but every 30 seconds or a minute or five minutes, whatever it is that you are providing that small piece of that tangible item that they want. And then of course, that is not the only thing where you're not just going to give the parents this and say, Hey, just give them candy at the grocery store and you'll be set. Cause of course that's not functional, but you do want to make sure that you're utilizing that schedule, thinning that schedule, and then also teaching them appropriate replacement behaviors instead of engaging in that problem behavior, um, throwing a tantrum for candy in, a, in the grocery store. But if this is something that a parent like cannot do, they just cannot take this kid to the grocery store with them. It's really disrupting their life because of these tantrums. Use non-contingent reinforcement. It's going to make it a lot easier um, for the parents to kind of get through these difficult situations or these different difficult environments that typically cause problem behavior. And you can utilize that while you're still working on these other things, like still teach those replacement behaviors, um, still place the behavior on extinction if it occurs. But this can help make it more manageable and can definitely improve the family's quality of life and reduce some of these problem behaviors while you're tackling it um, a little bit more intensely in a clinic or in home setting. So those are the ways that we can implement a non-contingent reinforcement schedule based off of the function of the behavior. So what are the pros and cons to using non-contingent reinforcement? So um, it's kind of funny because I was actually just reading an article recently because um, I was prepping for my upcoming masterclass, uh, Behavior Interventions for Challenging Behavior. And this article, um, it wasn't like published in a journal. It was just online. Uh, it said that non-contingent reinforcement was effectively random and rarely serves as a good tool. And it does affect behaviors, but not in a controllable way and it teaches like learned helplessness as the most common response. Um, and I'm sharing that because it was, it was kind of funny. It was, well, not funny. It's not good um, because it was in an ABA blog um, and there was no author and no date. So I don't know if this is something that was old or recent, um, but I definitely don't agree with that. And that's not what, what non-contingent reinforcement is. So while it has some pros and cons, it doesn't, um, it's not random. Uh, as we've learned, it's not random. Uh, it should seem random to the client, um, but it's a, It's not actually a completely random thing. And it, it really is a good tool for reducing problem behaviors, as long as you're using it in conjunction with other interventions. Again, you can't just, you know, use this and, and nothing else. Um, but some of the pros to non-contingent reinforcement is that it is effective at breaking the contingency and abating the problem behavior. It's really easy to use and it can have more robust effects than DRO or extinction. Um, but some of the cons is that it's not necessarily going to increase any pro-social replacement behavior. You do need to program for that separately. Um, and it does not have long-lasting effects. And that's the case for all antecedent interventions. They are not going to have long-lasting effects. For that, you need to have a consequence-based intervention. 
And its effectiveness works to varying degrees depending on the competing reinforcer of engaging in the problem behavior. So you really gotta think and look at what is the client getting when they engage in the problem behavior? If it's something that's so much better than what you can offer in your non-contingent reinforcement, then you might not see it being as effective as you know something that you can provide the exact same type of reinforcement. But that's really gonna depend on what the behavior is and, and what reinforcement they're getting out of engaging in the problem behavior. But I would say in general, non-contingent reinforcement is going to work well. It's a very good piece to your treatment plan, a good piece to have that larger puzzle of, of having those other things. So um, it definitely can be effective with your clients. So thank you so much for joining me today. Today we talked about what non-contingent reinforcement is, how to implement it for various functions of problem behavior, the pros and cons of this intervention. And I will be back next Thursday at the same time, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. And I'm still working on my full schedule. So if there are any topics you want me to cover, please put it in the comments or send me a direct message. If you found this talk useful, make sure that you head over to abcbehaviortx.com, sign up for our membership and check out our masterclass courses and other resources. Thank you guys for coming on. This was fun. Uh, again, first, first Facebook Live. So I hope you guys learned something new about non-contingent reinforcement or at least got a good refresher. Um, and I will see you guys next week at the same time. Good night.